Bible said now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music. And dancing. I don't know, is that legal? (laughs) And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. I feel like the church in this hour is putting a lot of time into trying to get everybody to understand what we're doing. But that's the problem they do understand. Every now and then they ought to scratch their head and say, what's going on? What's this all about? What these things mean? I don't know that a sinner ought to be able to understand what we're doing. That religious crowd ought to just, boy, they ought to be confused. Said, I just, I went, but I didn't understand nothing. That's good. You're not supposed to. What do these things mean? (laughs) And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father hath killed the fatted calf, because he hath received him safe and sound. I think that there are three times probably that the world will be allowed to look in upon the activities of God's children of his people. He intends on it being that way. One, during those times of pain and suffering. Brother James mentioned it today. Obviously somebody preached on it last night. There will be those times. After that ye suffer a while, Peter said. It's part of our journey. It's the way he purifies us. But the world has to see that we've really got something. They need to look in on us and see how we react to pain. It's sort of like Nebuchadnezzar looking into the fire and he said, didn't we put three boys in there? They said, yeah. He said, well, there's somebody else in there with them. The world needs to know that we got more than just religion. When you put it in the fire, somebody shows up. There's somebody with us. And they can only see that during those times of pain God has ordained it. And then, I guess, the majority of the Christian life are what I would call plain times. Everyday times. Repetitious times. There's not a whole lot of difference between the way you live, really, if you boil it all down, and the way that the world lives. In other words, they get up in the morning, you have to get up in the morning. They go to work, you have to go to work. They pay their bills, you pay your bills. They have to go to the doctor, you go to the doctor. It rains upon the just as well as the unjust. They've got to raise their kids and send them to school. You've got to raise your kids and send them to school. The only real difference between us and them, for the most part, is we do it by faith. But you see, this world has to see how you operate when you have to stop at the red light. They have to stop there. 
They have to see how you operate when you have to pay your taxes. They have to pay their taxes. They want to see your operations uh, as, you, as you go to the grocery store and, and all of these other places. This world is watching us every single day. In the painful times and in the plain times. But every now and then, I think that the Holy Ghost wants the world to look in upon us during times of jubilee or rejoicing. What's wrong with that? Now look at the text here. The Bible said, again, he drew nigh to the house and he heard... <laughs> music said we heard music and dancing now I don't want to be offensive this morning but I don't know what you would call that other than party time it sounds to me like they're having a party Hmm? The world is given the privilege to look in upon us during those painful times and I don't want to minimize that. There are services that when you walk into them, you know the Holy Ghost is ministering to some broken heart and He will pull you into that direction. He'll pull that sermon into that direction. He'll pull that song into that direction. Hearts will minister around whatever that brokenness is. And thank God for that because there are times that I have been broken when God has ordained a setting to minister to my heart. But then there are other times we're going to go to the house of God and it's going to be the process of osmosis. We're not going to swing from the chandeliers. It's not going to be too deep. It's just going to be taking the word of God and basically feeding the sheep. And that's all right. But every now and then... The Holy Ghost will say, what I want is a party. I am going to set this service up for a time of jubilee and a time of rejoicing. Now, I realize that the charismatic have uh, fleshly taken this to an extreme, but honey, that ought not hinder us from uh, praising God and worshiping God and having a jubilee if he wants us too. And I know we've become, uh, we've become so stiff and uh, I, I, I tell you we're just uh, afraid of what everybody else is going to think if, if we have a party. But it looks to me like that the prodigal son and whoever's in that house is having a party time and others are hearing it and others are looking in on it. Every now and then it ought to get so in the house of God when they drive by, they say, what in the world is going on in there? (laughs) Sounds like they're having a party. (laughs) Well, they are having a party. Now, there there are three or four things, basically three things that I want to say about this matter of, of God's people rejoicing. First of all, I want to point out to you that that this old boy could enter into a party not because he had planned it. When the prodigal son came home, he came home with a repentant spirit. 
expecting to be put out into the field and to be made a servant. But he had a father. And the father had something else in mind. He did not set this up. He did not put it in motion. But it was his father who basically said, we are going to make Mary. Look at it, if you will. He set the tone of this atmosphere. He said in verse number 23, he said, bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and what? Be merry. <laughs> Be merry. Now what he got to understand is, is that the prodigal son went off into the far country because he wanted to party. But honey, that's the wrong kind of partying out there. That'll destroy you. But he came back home and the daddy said, Well, now, son, if you wanted to party, y'all didn't say we party around here. <laughs> we can have a party. <laughs> uh, some of the folks was talking about uh, when they were saved. I, too, uh, was saved. My dad was an alcoholic and uh, I never was, I didn't know anything about the gospel. Wasn't raised in church, didn't get saved until I was 14 years old. But, but I was used to all that old worldly partying. And I saw the effects of it, and I'm still seeing the effects of it in, the, in, in my family. I've buried two brothers at a young age, and I've got another brother as, uh, that's going to die as a result of alcohol and all that other stuff. I know what got that kind of partying to do. But when I got saved, I had no idea you could still party. And I remember I was sitting on the front seat of the church where I'd gotten saved, and there's a little old lady sitting over here on the right and, and uh, had a bun, you know, up on her head and she got up and began to praise God right across the front of the church and I looked around and I said, is that legal? <laughs> Holy Ghost said, it sure is. I said, well, I think I'll start partying. And I've been partying ever since. I found out you can enjoy what you've got. It's all right to rejoice in the Lord. Now, I'm not saying we ought to come in here trying to determine how every service is going, to, is going to operate. We don't operate these services. God may be wanting to minister to that person who's in pain and we ought to be willing to let him. And, and God may want to just work on us in process of osmosis. No great big revelation, just feeding us a good healthy meal and letting us fellowship together. Uh, and that's all right. But if the Father says it's party time, then honey, we ought to rejoice. <laughs> He said, no, 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 son, you got it all wrong. What, what, matter of fact, he said, you can't dance without shoes. Get him some shoes. <laughs> we got to have some music. And he said, I'll tell you something else. You can't party on an empty stomach. Get him something to eat. And I want you to know we're going to have a time of rejoicing. I like it when the Father does it, don't you? He said, let's make merry. And if he said, make merry, honey, we got every right to make merry. <laughs> See, he's having party time because the Father said so. 
Somebody said, yeah, but I just don't like that kind of party. Well, it ain't your party. Don't come to my party and tell me what you like and you don't like. You don't have to show up. Huh? I don't mind how you want it at your party. That's your business. If I don't like it, I won't show up at yours. <laughs> if you don't like it, stay on the outside. But I'm going to tell you something. That old prodigal son ain't on the inside worrying about who ain't there. He's in there knowing that the father said that he can rejoice and have a party. And that's what he's going to do. He really doesn't care. <laughs> I don't care how they like it. It's my party. Now, some of you are a little stiff. You say, well, I don't like that terminology. Well, I don't know what else you call it, but maybe you're a little religious. Maybe you're like the elder brother. You don't like parties. That's all right. I got no problem with that. Huh? He can party because the Father set it up. Aren't you glad when the Holy Ghost breathes across the congregation? <laughs> Boy, I went to church sometimes and just felt like I was rock bottom, didn't have a word to say. I thought I was going to be working out in the field. And the Holy Ghost showed up and said, how about let's party? He'll do that. Do you know that? I was in a service not too long ago and, and the choir got up to sing and I'm going to tell you, it was, it was just like heaven had saturated that choir. And while I was sitting there on that pew, the Holy Ghost said, I don't want no sermon, I want to sing. I said, Lord, do you want to sing? He said, I want to sing. I said, all right, you can sing. So I got up and I said, folks, now you won't understand this. Maybe, maybe you will. But I said, the Holy Ghost said he wants to sing. I'm going to let him sing. And I'm going to tell you, he sang out of people that never sung before. He sang out of that choir. He sang, he sang, he sang. And I'm going to tell you, we parted. <laughs> he wants to sing, he can sing. If he wants to preach, he can preach. I guess I'll say it this way. It's his party. <laughs> he can party because the Father set it up. Father set it up. But I also noticed that, that he can party, and why shouldn't he party? I mean, my goodness. He's, he's been found. He has been forgiven. <laughs> he wasn't expecting all that. And I'll tell you something even better than that. He's been set free from the vices of the sin that held him so long in the far off country. I'm glad he broke those chains that held me into that past and into that sin. I'm glad he didn't save me and leave me in those places. I'm glad I've got no desire for the hog pen anymore. I've got no desire for the far off country. I've been free.
That's what the party's all about. It's one sinner that's been a prisoner to sin telling another prisoner of sin how he's been set free. You can't party with chains on. You can't party with handcuffs on. You gotta be liberated. <laughs> I like it, don't you? I thought about the year of Jubilee in the Old Testament. Every 50th year. They'd have somebody on every mountain in Israel with a ram's horn. A Jobel, where we get our word Jubilee. And the reason why they did is because on that 50th year, if you owed anybody anything, it was... You didn't pay nothing. If you had lost your farm, it came back to you. All accounts were settled. And can you imagine some of those families with some four or five or six youngins raking and scraping to pay the debt on the farm fixing to lose it and pay the other bills and all those other things. And then all of a sudden, one morning, they hear the horns on the mountain that reaches down into every crevice in Israel to be heard and says, you're set free. You don't owe anymore. The debt's canceled. How do you think it was in Israel when they heard those trumpets? They began the party. I think they'll do that in America. Every seven years, no taxes. No taxes. Well, you can imagine. I don't know anything about this brother here, his finances, but could you imagine if this week Last week, his wife, let's say he built a house, $250,000. And his payment was $2,500 a month. Raking and scraping to send it in, worrying about if they're going to hold on to the house. (laughs) They get a letter back uh, from the mortgage company. It's got that last check they sent in and says that it's paid in full. His wife calls the mortgage company and the lady checks it out and says, yes, ma'am, it's paid in full. He comes home and she says, darling, I sent that check in. They've sent it back. He said, I want to call and I want to talk to the executive manager. I want to find out what's going on. Gets a hold of the uh, top dog and the top dog said, well, what's the last four letters of your social security? What's the number on your account? Hold just a moment. He goes over and he comes back and he says, sir, you're so-and-so? He said, I am. And this is this your date of birth? Yes, I am. Well, I just want to tell you, you don't owe another dime. That check is yours. It's been settled. Let's say he found that out this morning just before he got here. We ain't going to have no meeting. We're going to have party because he's going to make sure we have party. (laughs) Why? He's going to run all over this building and say, $250,000. I don't owe a dime. My car's paid off. (laughs) Well, I'm going to tell you something better than that. The debt of sin as a 14-year-old boy was canceled. Hallelujah. And I'm able to lay down at night and rest because I know a 
said, well, Dad, my father, he's, he's set it up. Well, why us? He said, oh, you ain't got time for me to tell you all what happened. Why I'm partying. But the, the last thought. I notice there's a word that's used four times in this text. If you look back in it in verse number 23, which we read, he said, let us eat and be what? Mary. In verse number 24, he said, For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began, and see, once you start it, you don't have to stop, to be Mary. Well, the elder brother brings up the attention as to why he couldn't be Mary. And no excuse for that. But look down in verse 32, and it was meet that we should make Mary and be glad. Now, I want to take a moment to preface this because I want these young people to certainly understand. I'm going to make a comparison here for a moment because that word Mary there means to have an elevated spirit. That's what it means. <laughs> you ever had one? Huh? Elevated spirit. Elevated spirit. It means they were full of something. Full of something. <laughs> and I, I, it, it reminds me of what Paul said there in the New Testament be ye not drunk with wine wherein is excess but ye be ye he said get full of something huh <laughs> if you're a child of God you need to be full of something you need to be filled <laughs> now buckle your seatbelt I didn't make that comparison. Paul did. And also the disciples on the day of Pentecost, the Bible said they supposed they were drunk with wine. Said, you're acting like drunks. They said, oh no, we not, we not be drinking with that. We're filled with something else. Filled with the Spirit. I didn't make the comparison. The Bible made the comparison, okay? But I want to say in preference, Nobody hates alcohol. Nobody has seen the damage of alcohol and drunkenness any more than what I have. I've seen it in my dad and it brought him to the grave. I've buried two brothers, as I said. I've got a sister that uh, her livers eat up. Another brother's livers eat up. It's been the vice of my family for years. Down through the... The, the, the history of my family. But I'm glad God saved me at 14 and delivered me from the drunkenness. But it's nothing but heartache. It's nothing but devastation. It's horrible. I'm not making light of that. Do you understand? Young people, do you understand? It'll destroy you. It destroys families. But I must lay that premise and then leave it. Because Paul makes the analogy. He said, if you ever seen somebody drunk, it's sort of like seeing somebody filled with the Spirit. Now, 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 I don't know a whole lot. Matter of fact, it would take a big old book to hold everything I don't know. I don't know a lot. But I'm going to tell you this. 
I know something about drunks. I was raised around them until I was 14 years old. I know what a drunk is. And when I got saved and I began to look at that scripture, I could see that analogy that was there. Have you ever, have you ever seen a man that was, he was, uh, he, I, he was full, he was, he was drunk, and I'm going to tell you, normally he was an introvert. He wouldn't say anything to anybody. And if you got him drunk, all he wanted to do was talk. He was the life of the party. <laughs> Why? Because he, he's full. Huh? I'll tell you something else. He could, be, he could have been as stingy as a Jew. Wouldn't turn loose anything, didn't want to spend money on anything. My dad was that way, but if you got him drunk, you could have every dime he had. He didn't care, he'd blow it out. Set him up. We're buying everybody a drink. Huh? He would. And I'll tell you something else about him. He may have been, when he's sober, you might have been able to hurt his feelings, make him mad or offend him. But if you got him drunk, you could beat on him and he wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> I've seen them fight like he's going to kill each other. And then five minutes later, they're buying each other a drink. They got over it. And then I got saved and joined the Baptist church. I found out they don't get over it that quick. <laughs> huh? That's right. I've seen, I've witnessed, I know, I know how those, those drunks are. But I'm going to tell you something. The Bible said they made Mary. And you can't make Mary unless you're filled. There has to be an elevated spirit. Now I've done laid the foundation and told you what I think about real alcohol. But I'm going to tell you something, this matter being full of the Holy Ghost. The problem with most of our churches in this hour, yeah, we've got the truth and we've got the mechanics and we've got the building and all that other things, but we're sitting around sober. And it's hard to preach the sober people. You can't preach to sober folks that ain't full. They're just sitting back there criticizing everything, counting how many bulbs you've got and how many tiles there is. They're sober. Now buckle your seatbelt. I think it ought to be a, a part of the regulations of the church that every deacon has to get drunk at least once a month. You don't want to have a business meeting with sober deacons. I mean, they're going to criticize everything, tell you why you can't do it and how it can't be done and preacher, it ain't never been done this way. Get them drunk and then have the meeting. Preacher, don't ask us. Anything you want to do is all right with me. I don't care. <laughs> huh? Full of the Holy Ghost. Huh? Ain't half as much strife when they're full of the Holy Ghost. Huh? I'll tell you something else. It ought to be in the bylaws that a, that a treasure has to get drunk once a week. 
You don't want a sober treasure. He'll be telling you why it can't be done. He'll say, well, it ain't in the budget and we ain't voted on it. Get him drunk. He'll say, preacher, you go ahead and do it. And if there ain't enough money in there, I'll pay for it. (laughs) Holy Ghost field. Do you understand what I'm saying? We need the breath of the Holy Ghost on our singing. The breath of the Holy Ghost on our preaching. The breath of the Holy Ghost on our worshiping. We're too sober. And when the Holy Ghost comes in and the Father says, Party! We don't even know how. Huh? (laughs) Party time. Now, every now and then, a sober church will get a drunk preacher. And that don't work. Now, you know, the church has been sober for years. And uh, they've had everything regulated and the programs has been laid out. And they got out at 12 o'clock and everything's just real pious and sober. Every community thinks highly of them. And then they get a drunk preacher. Well, one thing you don't want to do is hand a drunk preacher the program. First of all, he can't read it. Huh? Say what? What goes first? So when our preacher, we're going to make this announcement and then this one's going to sing and then this one here's going to do this and then we're going to take up the offertory and then we're going to do the, uh, the benediction and then we're going to do the... Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll get that out the while. That'll be all right. So I get on that piano over there. I think we'll start with I'll Fly Away. And now you got trouble. Why? You got somebody's got the Holy Ghost in them that wants to follow what God wants. And that sober outfit don't even know about it. <laughs> Woo! I like it that way, don't you? No, 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 don't go out here and say that I believe in stirring everything up and all that. I done told you the Father has to set this. I'd rather be, I'd rather we not even hear an amen if it's all works. But I believe the Father ever now and then now, ever now and then, He'll say, let's party. <laughs> now be careful. I don't know where that might happen. Cause if the only time you party is in the house of God, I doubt you're partying. You may be mama there at the sink washing dishes and the Holy Ghost reminds you of what he's done for you and you'll start partying and the kids will look up and say, Mama, what's going on? Why are you crying? She'd say, well, I just got to think what God had done for me. Be careful. You might be in Walmart pushing that buggy and the Holy Ghost call up and say, how about let's party? I have been driving down the road by myself and the Holy Ghost get in and say, how about let's party? (laughs) I did that one time in a Volkswagen and there's a tractor and trailer in front of me and and man, he'd done pulled off on the shoulder going 70 miles an hour, had his hand out the window trying to wave me on. He didn't know what in the world was going on in that car. 
I think it's the best sermon I ever preached. Spit all over the windshield. I mean, I, me and the Lord, we had a party. <laughs> and it's okay if the Lord allows you to have the party. But if this is the only place you party, it may be you're just showing off. You're acting up. Maybe on the job over there by that piece of machinery that the Holy Ghost lets you party. But I don't care. I just like to party. Huh? I've had those painful times. I've had quite a few of them. And the Lord ministered to me on that level. I've had a lot of plain times. Well, I just preached and didn't seem like nothing happened. But that's all right too. That's his business. But I have had party time. I feel sorry for them folks that don't know nothing about party time. But here's the way this thing works. I'm talking about when the Holy Ghost elevates your spirit, when Jesus gets real to you and the Father moves in. You be out there on the tractor plowing. And the Holy Ghost will come up. If you're a preacher, he'll put a verse on your heart. You ain't even had time to study it out, but he'll tell you what it's all about. You say, well, Lord, I ain't even had even time to read it. He said, all right, preach that tonight. And it'll just swell on you. And pretty soon you'll get high. He'll say, here, take a drink of this with that. And all of a sudden, boy, you're driving that tractor. You bounce off, you run in, you get ready. You ever done that? You run into that pulpit? <laughs> Boy, that's good, ain't it? But it may not be you. It may be some sister that the Holy Ghost will get alone somewhere and, and get to talking to them and say, Here. And what she'll do is she'll get elevated in spirit. And then she comes to church that way. Have you ever seen them come to church? You can see the look on their face. They come in. They've... I'm talking about the Holy Ghost now. Understand? And what they'll do is they'll come in and, and the preacher will get up and try to open up service and they'll jump and say, Preacher, before you say anything, sounds like they're drunk. I mean, I just want to testify. <laughs> I'll tell you what the Lord done for me. <laughs> and while she's testifying, oh, I just want to thank the Lord for what he's done for me. The Holy Ghost will take that and then he'll take it back here and say, here, son. You ever notice how that works? Take your drink. And then he'll stand up and say, well, preacher, I was thinking too. Yeah, man. How good the Lord is to me. Have you ever seen it? And he'll just pass it on around. Before you know it, there'll be a half a dozen, 20, 25. And then I love it after service when they come out. Like they're walking on a cloud. I'll tell you something. Every now and then. Now, it, it, it's, it's not going, it may not be every day. That's 
But what I want to tell you is, is when the Holy Ghost gives you the permission, don't let, don't let anybody else stop you. Because you're going to help somebody else by rejoicing in the Lord. Because it's party. 